If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, the chicken sandwich universe just keeps getting larger. Popeye's <laughs> just introduced a blackened chicken sandwich to their menu. Second, KFC just unveiled their holiday buckets and Christmas meals, including family meals that come with a half dozen cookies. Well, a little and known biblical fact, the the Holy Family stopped for a, a for bucket KFC. at KFC on, on their way right to Bethlehem. Finger looking, looking good <laughs> on the donkey. And finally, in the world of food, people are having a Thanksgiving food face-off on social media. So I did this, we had a family dinner last night, yeah. and I asked everyone, all right, if you had to choose between mashed potatoes and stuffing, what would you choose? Kat? Oh, oh. That is like the unanswerable question. <laughs> no, because because when I eat it, I o- always, this is the pattern. You get a little dollop of the mashed potatoes, you get a little dollop of the stuffing, and oh, you yeah. fill your face. Now, I, I don't, if I had to pick. Yep, you have to pick. Stuffing. I'm going stuffing. Okay. Because I mashed potatoes, stuffing mashed too. potatoes, you have it all all year long. You stuffing, can, you yeah. generally only have, you know, like at holiday meals, at least in our house, just at holiday meals and stuff. My sister Rhoda was hilarious. She's like, well, uh, I need no. I need more information. I mean, right. who made the stuffing and what kind is it? Oh, and, good call. And she complimented me because it's the recipe you and Tracy gave me. She goes, "Like if it's that stuffing you make, <laughs> that's got the four breads. Right. It's a meal the, in itself." She's like, "That's what I would have." So, okay, how that's about, an unfair um, question. Green, that is that is like such an unfair question. This one's easy for me: green bean casserole or sweet potatoes. Uh, I'm neither of those are make or break for me, so I'd flip a coin. I'm gonna go sweet potatoes and uh, hands down. But most people said green bean pas- casserole. Oh, by the way, the first one most people said mashed potatoes, mm. and the last one, if you had to choose between apple and pecan pie. Oh, I'm going apple. Uh, I don't. I, I'm always a silver of each kind of person, <laughs> but most people, seventy percent said. They would choose the apple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's like asking chocolate chip cookie or anything else. Everyone's going to pick chocolate chip cookie. Coming up, who are the people in your life who mean the most? Who are the people in your life who mean the most? The average American has five people in their life they have a very strong relationship with and can lean on for anything. That's pretty cool. Five is a lot, I think. Seven in ten are feeling extra thankful for the people in their life this year more than ever before. People are most thankful for their kids, their spouse, and their brothers and sisters. One in seven of us are thankful for a particular coworker. Kids, so it goes way down spouse, when it comes to the people we work with. Brothers and sisters. No one said mom and dad. <laughs> Come on, y'all. As a dad, I would have liked to have heard yeah. dad in there. I'm just saying. The other day, my sister said something so casually, so benign, so like, yeah, da 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 da. And the two of us that were with her reacted as if she had won the Powerball lottery. I mean, we were like, what? How did we not know this? I'll tell you what it was in just a minute. So I have four sisters, and yesterday I was talking to two of them, and one of them just very casually, like nonchalant, like as if she was saying like, yeah, I had a hangnail the other day. She goes, oh yeah, my husband Andrew's been doing all the cooking for the last eight months. And we, and my other sister went, 
What? <laughs> what? Who gave you this potion and where can I get some? I know. Weird is we treated her like she won the, like a tr- all expense world trip around the world. We're like, Because what? she did. We're like, we would do anything for our husbands to be the one that cooked and wrote it. She goes, yeah, I got that for one month once as a Christmas present. So I got a taste of paradise and then it was taken away from me. And it's funny, paradise and- tastes. Tasted like hot dogs and mac and cheese. <laughs> no, he made like he made beef bourguignon. Wow, he like really got into it. So of course I started asking Esther a million questions, like, "Oh, what's his specialty? What does he make? And how did this happen?" And one of the main reasons it happened is she took a job and she does not get home now until seven p.m. Ah, Her husband ah. has to leave the house at six a.m. Uh-huh. and gets home at four p.m. Oh. And so he's got three hours on her, and he gets hungry, so he has motivation. <laughs> but this is the brother-in-law I've told you about that, like when he made us a pumpkin pie one year for Thanksgiving, uh-huh. he started with a whole fresh pumpkin mm-hmm. and cut it all up and cooked yeah. it down uh, and mashed it up. Yeah, and, they overshoot. So he's like, he. I guess he does a great job, and then he does get. Um, he gets offended if she doesn't like his cooking. <laughs> if she doesn't eat a lot of it, he can tell. And she's like, no, no, I'm just full. And he goes, you can just say you don't like it. Right. You can just tell I, me. I really tried. <laughs> <laughs> you don't appreciate me. But I feel like I have so <laughs> many friends reversal. now. Their husbands just love to cook. And they do mm. all the cooking and the grocery shopping. Wow. And I could not be more jealous. Wow. So mm. jealous. That is so cool that your sister's husband has been making dinner for seven months. Eight months. Eight months. Eight and, months and now, ever the, since she started working till 7 p.m. Your other brother-in-law did it for a month because it was like a Christmas gift or yeah. something. And you said, yeah. oh, you even made beef bourguignon. That's the problem. He went He went way too deep into the pool. Instead of mm-hmm. being like, okay, I've got five meals a week to make. I'm going to, you know, th- we're having meatloaf. We're having, I'm going to pick up a roast turkey at the, the grocery store on my way home and throw some veggies in the microwave. Chicken. Instead of being practical, he went, he went Julia Child's. And you can't sustain that. If, you know, yeah. if you're working and everything else, there's no way you can sustain that. He has never he given big. that Christmas gift again. <laughs> it was a one-off. <laughs> He's given some really sweet romantic gifts since. But not like, that. Like, he even gave my sister a massage table, and it was so he could give her a massage. Let me guess how that worked out. Opposite. She gives she gives him the No, I think he's done. I mean, I think she's not good about cashing in on it. Or like, is, is the massage table in the garage and never gets used? No. I think it's in the basement. <laughs> no, I'll, I, you know what? I'm totally texting her and asking for an update. If it, yeah, what, what's how, the, how often does the massage table it, get used? Yeah, how much? When did she get it? How many I years? think it was last Christmas. Okay, last Christmas. Uh, okay, so it's been one year. How how much per massage did that table cost? <laughs> it was like a thousand dollars. Should and, he have just given you a gift certificate? Right, and she's gotten five. <laughs> That's two hundred dollars per massage. Right. I'd rather have the money, honey. Next time, let the professionals do it. Right, I could have gotten the massage and my nails done. <laughs> Right, so nobody likes to talk about money. It causes the most arguments in marriage, and yet uh, no one wants to talk about it. But I will uh, talk about it for a minute. And this is something that um, Glenn and I have learned in our marriage, and so many of our listeners have too. And um, here's the deal. There was a headline the other day. Household debt soars at Uh, fastest pace in 15 years as credit card use surges. Wow. And that's according to a new federal report. And 
what I just wanted to say is, you know, I totally get money being tight. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Glenn and I Mm -hmm. look at our W-2s from when we first got married and we're like, how in the world did we survive? What did we eat? Right. Um, But if you can do what so many of our Kevin and Taylor listeners have done, and even if it's getting rid of the credit card completely for a little while, but learn how to live debt free, Mm. it will transform your whole life. It's mind-blowingly awesome Damn, to no not kidding. have that noose that you know that feeling of being drug under and um we have a someone in our lives who's she's working really hard to get out from under her credit card debt right now mm-hmm. and we're just like cheering her on we even like instead of giving her and she's cool with this birthday and christmas presents we give her money and say this is for your mm. your journey to yeah. pay down that credit That's card cool. debt yeah, yeah. Coming up, do you have certain words and phrases that are unique to your family? There's a name for that. We'll tell you about it next. Hey, do you have certain words and phrases that are unique to your family? Instead of a dialect, they call it a familect. (laughs) And uh, we totally have this in our marriage, my husband Glenn and I. It means made up words or phrases that only you or your family use and also includes inside jokes and references. Well, there's a new poll that found close to 40% of families have their own familect. I would have guessed like 90% oh, of yeah, families. Oh, yeah, way more. Uh, for example, maybe your dad accidentally called himself your dud 20 years ago instead of your dad. Mm. Uh, so you've been teasing him by calling him dud ever, ever since. since. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. familect. Mm. I thought that was such a fun story because it's true. Like we all have our phrases and, the, and you'll say it. When company's in the house, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I need to explain to them what right. I just said. <laughs> they have no idea what I'm talking about. We have, yeah. t- we have nicknames, too. Everybody's got a nickname in our house, Oh, too. fun. What's the word you just taught us about when you have your Familect. own language? Familect. Familect. Words and, and phrases that only your family knows what they mean and only they use. I, I mentioned we were big with nicknames in our family. I'll share some of our nicknames in a minute. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, we got some good ones, too, in our family. Nicknames with your family? Okay. Well, get, call and tell us what are some of the nicknames you have for your kids, for your better half, for you. We'd love to hear about them. Hey, Alex, we're talking about nicknames. And uh, do you have any cool ones for you and your family? Oh, yeah. So my husband calls me Coco Loco. <laughs> I, Why is that? It means little crazy. Uh, I, call, I call him Grande Loco, which means big crazy. <laughs> you guys sound like an awesome family. Thanks for sharing oh, that with us. Oh, my gosh. Like he, oh, yeah. We have a great sense of humor and a weird sense of humor. He's the ENT. I'm a medical assistant, so we have that like weird medical sense of humor that normally people don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a lot of fun in our household. Love it. That is so cool. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your life with oh, us. Of course. We're talking about family nicknames. You have nicknames for your your better half, for your kids. We we have nicknames running up and down the line in my family. My mm-hmm. grandparents on my dad's side were a boots and plumber. And uh, my grandma, her name was Beulah. She got boots from the fact that she Loves. always wore boots. I love that nickname, Boots. <laughs> she That's so boots. hip and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was Boots. Plumber was, uh, he was Plum because his middle name was Plumber. Um, and it had to do with back, way back then, you would give people an, a name that had to do with um, like a, a virtue or a character trait. Mm-hmm. And if something was plum, it was like to, you know, to spec. Yeah. So that's why they gave him that. My dad's, cool. my dad's middle name was Helm. Like he's at the helm of the ship. 
Um, so that that I think that ended with me though. <laughs> they didn't give me a nickname yeah. or a middle name like that. But we do have nicknames in our family. Our kids, Kyle, when he was born, was always Big Boy Kyle. Um, let's see, Autumn was Miss Autumn. Amber is Ambu Bear. Still call her Am- Ambu Bear or Amber Pander, uh, like a panda bear. And uh, April is Baby April. And that's mm-hmm. we still when yeah. usually we we don't call them that. But my wife and I, when we're talking about them, we'll we'll use those. Oh wow! Still, yeah. baby April. That's I mean, so cute. Occasionally, <laughs> that's adorable. Occasion- but yeah, those are nicknames like you know that we'll always remember. Remember when we called yeah. you baby April? I ha- I didn't have a ton of nicknames in my family growing up because my mom just called everyone honey. Her husband, all five of her daughters, mm. we were all honey. And then in college, I gave everyone a nickname. Like my na- my friend David Cetron. He was always Soul Train. I never called him anything but. <laughs> and then my husband, I tease him like I'll call him like Info Man mm. or Lawn Man or Mountain Man. And it's always man. And then yeah. um, my in-laws, they have the cutest nicknames ever. So my legal last name starts with a Z as in like zebra. Mm-hmm. And so they have their granddaughter call them mom Z and dad Z. <laughs> and so now we all do it. Like I never say Ron and Dorothy anymore. I say, Hey, is mom Z going to be coming? And what, mm. what, where's dad Z going to get home? That's funny. Like we just, it's just become part of the family. Okay. Here's something that's really funny. Nickname wise. I started calling Tracy a nickname in the last year. And a friend of hers who lives all the way across the country that she talks to two or three times a week on the phone, she started calling her this same thing. And we did not compare notes. We just both at the same time started calling her. Her name's Tracy. We both started calling her T-Racy. Oh, like, hey, funny. what's up, T. Racy? She's like, what does that mean? I'm like, it's self-evident. I mean, you know, you're kind of cool. You got it going on. You're T. Racy. So she'll go, all right, K. Evan. I'm like. Babe, that doesn't work. (laughs) No, you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. (laughs) Do you have any cool hobbies? This is fascinating. When it comes to hobbies, everything old is new again. I'm talking retro nostalgic hobbies are all the rage. Everything from sewing to bird watching, gardening and baking. Now, what do people love most about these retro hobbies? It comes down to escaping the stresses and strains of life and finding an escape through simple pleasures. Even calligraphy, crocheting, and pottery are all making a comeback. People say traditional hobbies bring them joy and benefits their mental health. Hmm. That's why they love them so much. Hmm. So everything old is new again. Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to think if I have any of these skills. (laughs) You know what? I can bake. It's not go. a hobby, uh-huh, but because you when pressed, when I can. Press, I don't ask me to break bread, uh-huh. but I can bake a dessert or a cake. Mm. Can you even imagine being smart enough to invent something? Coming up now, imagine doing that as a 14-year-old. This is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Can you even imagine being smart enough to invent something? Well, now imagine doing that as a 14-year-old. Leanne Fan is from San Diego and was recently named America's top young scientist. Wow. She won $25,000, a grant for inventing headphones for kids that treat ear infections. Every year, over 10% of the world's population experiences a mid-ear infection. This way you can listen to music while treating your ear infection. Imagine, just listen to some music. 
kid's ear infection goes away. Wow. No medicine necessary. And now, how's this for a smart family? Her sister, Kara, won the same prize in 2019 for a new type of spray-on bandage that treats infections without using antibiotics. Wow. (laughs) What a family. (laughs) We need to interview their parents. That is cool, yeah. How did you have two daughters that turned into scientists, inventors? So I don't think moms ever stop being mom or longing to be mom. And what I mean by that is no matter how old your kids are, I saw this with my own mother, grown man, my own kids, a pretty, you know, responsible responsibility filled job. And my mom would treat me like I was eight. Right? <laughs> she wanted to mother me. Well, my wife, she, she got the opportunity to be mom again last night with one of our kids. And she leapt at the chance. Can't wait to tell you about it next. So when do you stop, mom? At what age does the uh, the title mom and all the stuff that comes in worrying about your kids, doing for your kids, making sure their shoes are tied, their homework's in place, the permission slips are signed, when, when does that expire? At what age? When your kid graduates high school? 55. When they... Because <laughs> you said tying shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, my wife, she feels the same way. And she even has, has said to me before, like, I just feel as mom, I feel like I'm needed. Like they need me. And when I don't have those things to do, I just, it's, it's tough to feel needed. Well, yesterday my daughter was at work and she texted home, Hey, we're having a meeting. It's like a meeting slash party tomorrow at work. And I said, I'd bring deviled eggs. Can you help me make them? Oh, cool. So what do you think happened at that point? She did it herself and didn't teach April how to make them. No, According to Tracy, she didn't make them. She, now, I don't know. I'm not really like that familiar with how to make deviled eggs, but you, you make boil, you make hard boiled eggs and then you take the yolks and you make like a, you know, like a sauce or whatever, a filling. You mix it with all kinds of stuff. Um, she, she did the hard boiled eggs. She took the yolks. She made what you fill the, the eggs with and she put it in the piping bag. So it's all ready for, for April to make. <laughs> Tracy didn't make them. She's like, okay, I'm not doing this for you. Tomorrow before you go to the party, you've got to take the piping bag and fill the the hard-boiled eggs with the deviled egg stuff. I and think some people, don't they sprinkle a little paprika yes, on top, Yes, and put paprika too? on top. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have to assemble. <laughs> That's Tracy's way of not doing it for her. That's awesome. I love so, it. April's 21. So apparently 21 is not the age uh, of of wh- how old is the kid when you stop being mom? It is not 21 <laughs> years old. I'll let you know when we hit the age. Talking about that care, concern, empathy of a mother never disappears. Right, it, it doesn't stop no matter it, how old it, it your kids are. It keeps happening. Yeah, and it, um, I think I'm not a mom, sadly, but I do have 11 nieces and nephews, so I can kind of empathize with the, those feelings. And I've watched my four sisters who are all mothers, three of them, through biology, one through adoption. My sister Sarah's adopted too. And guess what happens? You flip all that mothering that you've done for your children all those years, 
and you mother your own mother. You should see the group text of them worrying about my mom and dad when the hurricane, like, mom doesn't have her shutters up yet. What are we going to do? Who can, who can, I know, I know. Sick this niece on her. She likes that niece. Call her. That niece will convince her to put up the hurricane shutters, even hmm. though she just had her grandson take them down. I mean, the, the worry and concern hmm. that you should see, like, flying through this text yeah. group is like well it's it's really touching in actually our, in our house with tracy she goes she goes back and forth one minute she's like you know what it's fine that's fine they're on their own they can do it they can do it on night. they don't mean me that's fine mom can you make me deviled eggs i'm on it <laughs> her, her words say one thing her actions say another and i think every every mom like goes through that at at some point you know and it doesn't when you take them to kindergarten, you're like, oh, my gosh, she's doing it here. You know, my kid's doing it on their own. And then when they go off to middle school and high school and college and every step of the way, it's a little bit more pulling away, a little bit more pulling away. Mm. And and it, for lack of a better word, I mean, you're proud of them, but it hurts. Oh, it hurts so bad. Yeah. I miss my nieces and nephews being little so bad, yeah. especially around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. It makes it even harder. Yeah. That's a, that's why my wife is like full on uh, like like praying, Lord, grandkids. I really wish we had grandkids. <laughs> yeah. So this is a hashtag pro tip or hashtag life hack that when you hear it, you're gonna be like, Kevin, thank you. You just made my uh, my holiday parties, my Thanksgiving dinner, my Christmas dinner. You just made it so much easier for me. How much cheese do you think you're gonna grate over the next two months? Probably quite a bit, depending on what recipes you're making. But do you have one of those big, I think everybody has one of these, those big cheese graters. It stands upright and it's like, I don't know, six by six inches, you know what I mean? And it's hollow in the middle. My mom has one of those. And it's got four Mm -hmm. different panels with different sides of grating. Now, when you use that, everybody like stands it upright and you take the cheese, you hold it on the side and you grate the cheese. This is the life hack. Got to give my wife, Tracy, credit for this. She taught taught me about this yesterday. Because I'm one of the people that does it on the side, and I wander with a pile of cheese, and there's cheese all on the inside of the grater and stuff, and you're just like, oh, well, that's just going to get thrown away because it's stuck on the inside. She goes, no, here's what you do. Before you start grating the cheese, spray the inside with some uh, cooking spray or whatever, nonstick spray. Okay. Spray the inside with the nonstick spray, and then instead of holding it upright, lay it on its side. And you, and she goes, and then you just boom, dump it right out. There's none stuck on the inside. It's super easy peasy. It's not all awkward with this thing that's cool. standing up on its side. Yeah, I was just like, genius, genius. I have one that you just, it's like a, almost like a paddle and you hold it over the plate or the bowl. Yeah. It's not a, like the one, you have the one like my mom has. And then the other thing you could do, I'll give you the best life hack ever. Yeah. You could just buy the cheese already shredded like I do okay, often. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do. And Tracy's, Tracy insists. Doesn't She's taste the as good. It doesn't taste as good because they, there's additives, right? Yeah, they add yeah. some type of thing to keep it from all clumping together. Yeah. And she says you can taste that, that it's way better. If I you shred it fresh, It's there's no taste like that. I thing of fresh mozzarella the other day because I was making... What was I making? Oh, I made that eggplant pasta that you guys gave me the recipe from, from yeah. Jamie Oliver's eggplant pasta. Yeah. So I bought a like a big old ball of mozzarella huh. and shredded it myself. Ma- she made a, a Jamie Oliver recipe yesterday, the chickpea stew or whatever. Oh, I it was so good. That, recipe. that and uh, Asiago cheese bread. So you'd take some of the stew and put it on the bread and 
Did she make the bread homemade? Uh, no, no, no. Didn't make the but but we warmed it up so the house smelled like Asiago mm. cheese bread. I'm, life is good at my house. <laughs> I'm telling you. I would love to have a chef. I can't imagine what that's like for you every day to come home to like to to these walk gourmet it, meals. To walk, I was telling one of the sales guys here at the radio station yesterday, he goes, I think I'm gonna get some soup later. I said, Guess what my wife is making? And he goes, Can you imagine the smell when you walk in the house? I was like, I know, I can't wait. <laughs> Do you feel like Christmas decorating can be kind of stressful coming up? This family never saw this coming. Hey, do you feel like decorating your home for Christmas can be rather stressful? Now that, if you ask my husband about, that I am not <laughs> chill about at all. Um, I sure do. And you need, you need I mean, you think about it. You need just the right clips, zip ties, extension cords, and more. Well, this family never saw this company when coming when it comes to their Christmas decorating. Sue and Richard live in Wisconsin, and they had a full-grown buck break into their house, saw their Christmas deer, and figured one of the deer might make a really good mate. This is Dasher and Prancer, and Prancer had an unwelcome suitor. <laughs> I love her accent. The deer got stuck upstairs in their house for three hours. Oh. He even poked holes in the ceiling with his no. antlers. They had to call the Department of Natural Services or right. whatever it's called, and they had to come finally. Hi. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> we got a deer in our attic. <laughs> oh, dear. So let's swap some uh, some critter stories. That was a really funny story, that deer breaking into the, the couple's house and ran all the way upstairs. Took them like three hours to get it out. I can give you guys an update on our ongoing battle with the squirrels in our backyard that are driving our dogs absolutely crazy. There's there's a new new chapter next. We want to swap some critter stories with you. You ever have a critter get in your house or... I've heard they've got squirrels. We've got them like people's cars and stuff. Ooh, and yeah, ooh. yeah, yeah. It's crazy, right? And and that's our ongoing battle right now. It's the squirrels in our backyard. As I was talking about the other day on the show about how um, I'm not going to get graphic, but our dogs are they were bred to be hunting dogs. There's five. We have five of them. And uh, when the squirrels squirrels run around in the backyard, they go crazy. Mm. And they've never got one before up until the other day, and it was not fun. I'll leave it at that. But because of that, my wife is like, I'm tired of them going nuts, looking out the windows in the backyard. Every time they see a squirrel, it's like, rah, 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 and it drives her crazy. So she Googled and found out if we get these plastic owls, they supposedly scare the squirrels away. Yeah, you got two of them, right? Two of them. We filled them full of sand. We put we we tried to get in the mind of a squirrel. Where should we place these on this long fence that's about 30 yards long? Where should we place them for optimum squirrel Error. We placed them out there, and I wasn't. It wasn't five minutes after we talked about it on the air the other day. My wife sent me a picture of the owl with a squirrel standing right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, they've got an interesting taste in decor. Right, like squirrels, squirrels looking at it. I mean, like, uh, owls with yellow eyes. Squirrels looking at it like, ah, excuse me. I'd like to get through here. <laughs> That's the I only, just run over its head. Only thing that the owl things have done because they're probably about I don't know eighteen inches high, uh-huh. and they they cover the whole like space where they've been running along the top of the fence. They cover the whole thing. They can't get around it. But I have a feeling they're going to figure out a way eventually to get around it. We're hoping that they don't go. Oh, I'll just jump in the yard, which would ramp our problem up. Even more if they started doing that because we're trying to keep them out of the yard. What if you um, got a, well, this could, you could do it cheap or expensive. 
You could get <laughs> quotes on a very beautiful wrought iron short little topper along the fence. No. <laughs> or you could put barbed wire up there just oh. like they do in third world countries. No. <laughs> they won't run along that. Hey, Sarah, so uh, you heard me sharing my critter story about the squirrels and the owls and the dogs? Yes. <laughs> yes. So we had um, moved into our home, maybe had only been there a few months, and we suddenly started noticing, like, a lot of snakes, like, crawling up the side of our <gasps> home. Ew. I, 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 I um, was bringing the groceries in, and apparently my husband and my son weren't going to tell me that I had just stepped over a big snake. There was <gasps> another one over the door post, like, when you walk into oh! the house. Yes, it was like, okay, maybe snakes just like to live here because we'd only been there a couple of months and yeah. it's kind of out in the woods. But about maybe a few weeks after that, we started hearing like footsteps all like in the attic. <gasps> Apparently, we didn't know the snakes knew before us that a family of mice had moved up there. So all the snakes were trying to get the mice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a smorgasbord. <laughs> yes. So what did you do? What did you do? We got rid of the mice. My husband set the traps and then called like a guy to the... Our bug guy came and checked to make sure they were gone and told us, like, where to patch up the holes. And the snakes have been gone ever since. Oh, oh thank goodness. Happy yeah. ending. <laughs>